This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Good to see all of you tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for being here. Praise God's great season, uh, holiday, uh, when we celebrate His birth, and we can just rejoice and be glad. Amen. Great reason for hope, great reason for joy, and uh, so I'm just so, so thankful for what it is He's done and is doing and going to do. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad He's not through with you yet? How many of you are glad He's not through with your spouse yet? (laughs) Yeah, Al, you got a really hard time back there with Lisa, I'm sure, yeah. Huh? Yeah, right. Well, anyway... um, Listen, um, I, let's open our Bibles uh, tonight to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to, uh, uh, this is going to be pretty heavily weighted with a lot of scriptures and things, but what I want to do is I want to just, I want to seed this into you. Um, we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights about, um, <clears throat> you know, walking in the light um, and walking in the light of life, I should say it that way. And then we've been talking about, you know, help from within. So this is kind of help within within number part two. There's some things that I didn't get to uh, uh, finish up and share that um, I want to. Um, you know, we live in such a, a, a critical time. And not that it's any different than maybe when you first got saved or anything of that nature, but... You know, um, the Apostle Paul said that in the last days, perilous times would come, and we're seeing that, where people would be lovers of themselves and so on and so forth, as it describes there when he was talking with Timothy. And uh, so it, it, it is uh, it's, uh, imperative, I guess you might say, as believers that we really get our head wrapped around what Jesus provided for us as believers and understand it and be able to function within it. He didn't mean for all of this to be mysterious to any, any believer, any child of God. No matter what your age, if you're just newly saved or if you've been around for 40 years or whatever. But it is important. And, and so um, I just want to talk to you about that tonight, about um, you know this help that we have if we'll learn uh, to listen and, and, and discover... Uh, where that counsel comes from and and how to cooperate with him. Because I tell you what, your Father in heaven has your interests at heart. He loves you more than anything, and he wants the best for you. But we live in a fallen world, and the God of this world is uh, he's ratcheting things up. So it's all the more important for us to get our heads wrapped and our hearts really wrapped around the truths that I'm sharing with you and uh, because Jesus, he, he, he modeled this kind of living, lifestyle, behavior, and things of that nature. You know, he said, I, do, I always do the things that are pleasing in my Father's sight. And um, he mentioned the fact that, you know, there's, there's 12 hours in the day, and if you walk in the light, everything will be okay. So it doesn't make any difference how dark it gets, per se, as, as, as uh, we might describe it. Uh, we don't have to fear. We don't have to, you know, be afraid or alarmed or any of those things. Jesus, over and over and over again, he was saying, listen, I want to tell you, I'm going to leave you with a peace that, that is mine, not like what the world gives. But he said, don't let your heart be troubled and don't let your heart be afraid. 
So, so, so when things come our way, and, and naturally, you know, he said, if you live in the world, he said, you're going to have tribulations. But again, he said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So there's always a way out. There's always uh, victory. There's always counsel. There's always uh, uh, God's best. But sometimes we have to just, you know, we got to, we, we have, I think more than anything else, because a lot of times, you know, fear and anxiety, worry and care, all of these things, they, they create pressure. And the pressure is designed to get you to do something that maybe you don't want to do or maybe you shouldn't do or whatever the case might be. So we just got to kind of reel this thing in and say, wait a minute. And I'll give you some examples of that. And uh, I'm so glad, praise God, we can do this. You can do this. We can, we can all do this. This is not rocket science. We can do it because of the one who lives within us. And so, again, I want to just make an attempt to try to saturate your hearts with the Word of God in, in, with regard to some of these uh, most important points, and that will give us a foundation and a basis from which to work, okay? So let's bow our heads, we'll pray, and then I'll uh, share with you what I want to talk about. Thank you, Father. Well, Lord, it, it's... It's our privilege, Father, to, to come before you, to sit, as it were, at your feet. And, Father, I thank you for the Holy Ghost, because without him, Father, we can't do anything. But he's here tonight. He's in us. You're here. And I know that you want us to know these truths as not only Jesus, but all of the other writers uh, within the New Testament instructed us. So, Father, help us to make an application of these things in our personal lives, where we are, where we live, what we're dealing with. And Father, I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in every home, house, individual, every circumstance that may exist uh, within the sound of my voice here tonight. And I just thank you, Father, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So again, I want to talk to you again about help from within. And after all, uh, how many of you know we all need help? Uh, yes, we do in every aspect of life. And God the Father has made it possible for us to have everything that we need in order not only to honor Him, but to live a life that is blessed. Hallelujah. And I just want to, you know, right now, I just want you to, you know, if, if you think in your own life about pressure, any kind of pressure that is being applied just in your own heart right now, I want you just to dismiss it. Whatever it, whatever it might look like, you know, it might be relational, it could be financial, it could be, you know, uh, God's plan for your future. I mean, I don't know what it is, but, but if there's any kind of pushing that's going on, I just want you to say, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over that, and I put a stop to it right now. And that's important because what it does is it, it, it relieves that and it affords you now an opportunity to receive from him. Because whether we like it or not, you know, so much of the time we're, we're looking at whatever the preacher might be saying or whatever through the lens of our trouble. And, and if, if, you can, if you can dismiss it from your life and just say, no, 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 I'm just going to receive here from heaven, it, it changes. Does that make sense to you? So again, if there's something, you know, that seems to be uh, uh, pushing on you, just say, I don't have a care. Hallelujah. That's, that's, that's good. Amen? And uh, you'll be blessed as a result of that. 
But what God has done is, I mean, you know, what he's done for us, you guys, as believers, as children of God, it's, it's nothing short of, well, it is. It's miraculous what it is that he's done to come and literally indwell us, to become the children of God. You know, the Bible says, beloved, now are we the children of God. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but we know, praise God, that when we see him, we will be like him because we'll see him as he is. And so thank God we are the children of God because of the new birth. He's come to indwell us. He's given us his life. He's provided us with everything that we need uh, for what the Bible describes as good success. He wants us all to, you know, enjoy life. Praise God. And so it's important for us, you know, that <clears throat> to understand that God knew that in this world we're going to have tribulation. But thanks, thank God, you know, he said, I've overcome the world. And he's provided the help that we need in order to proclaim or overcome uh, the enemy in our, li- our lives. So here's some scriptures, and um, uh, hopefully we can... Would this help you? Yeah, okay. I, fr- I just abandoned the whole idea that we were going to have any scriptures. So anyway, because otherwise Kathy was going to... She'll be on the run. This way she can anticipate. Amen. So the first scripture, I told you to turn to Ephesians chapter 1, but I'm gonna, I want to share a couple, well, actually three or four verses uh, from different locations here about some things that Jesus said. We talked about this maybe for a couple of weeks, uh, if you've been here, the first of which had to do with Jesus' encounter with this woman from Samaria. And you know the story, we won't go into all of that, but importantly enough, in John chapter 4 and verse 13 and 14, this is what Jesus said. He answered her and he said, whoever drinks of this water, natural water, will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, they will never thirst. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? But the water that I shall give him shall be in him. Now notice it says, a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So in other words, he's just simply saying, she didn't understand anything about the new birth, being born again, any of those matters. But on this side of the cross, we understand that's exactly what he was talking about. And he said, when you're born again, there will come a well of life springing up within you unto eternal life. And then... Also, uh, the uh, New Living Translation says, it becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them. Hallelujah. Giving them eternal life. Now, another verse of Scripture, Jesus said this. He spake to them, and he said, I am the light of the world. So we're talking about eternal life. We're talking about the life of God. And, And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have, now notice, the light of life. Everybody say it together. I have the light of life. And that's going to be the the point that I want to try to really drill down on the inside of you. And there's a reason for it. But I'm telling you what, if you're born of the Spirit of God, you have his light. You're not walking in darkness. You have his light. Now, in another place, John chapter 1 and verse 4, The Bible says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The reason you can see is because of the new birth, because of being born of the Spirit of God. 
You know, I don't, I don't know how it was for you, but I'm telling you what, the light bulb came on when I got saved. I mean, I didn't, you know, the Bible didn't make any sense. I didn't, you know, understand much of anything. But I'm telling you what, when he came to dwell in me, all of a sudden, the Bible came alive. How many of you can attest to that? I mean, it literally just came alive, and it started making sense. And it was like, wow. So that there is obviously indicative of the simple fact that his life and his light is in you. Now, here's another scripture in 1 John chapter 5. Excuse me. This, thing's, this is not my rig, so it has a mind of its own. Um, <clears throat> so again, let's, let's look at this scripture again. John 1, 4 and 5. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, the darkness didn't comprehend it. Now in 1 John chapter 5 and 13, uh, John is writing here, And he says again, these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may, now listen, may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So I I know maybe it seems redundant, but I just want to make this simple point that if you're born again, you've got the light of life on the inside of you. Hallelujah. You're not trying to get it. Now, look at this verse of Scripture with me in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And notice, this is a prayer that Paul was praying for uh, the the new believers in Ephesus. In verse 15, he said, When I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward one another, he said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, notice verse 17 that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding, the King James uses the word being enlightened. Well, it's actually past tense, and what he says there is the eyes of your understanding having been enlightened. They're not going to be. They are. I mean, the eyes of your understanding in your heart have been enlightened so you can know the hope of his calling, the inheritance that's in the saints, and the exceeding riches or the greatness of his power to us who believe So, so that we can get our head wrapped around what belongs to us as children of God. The Holy Spirit in us is the one who helps us do it. Hallelujah. So again, say it with me. I have the light of life. Yeah, he said, this same light having been enlightened that you may know the hope of his calling. You know, uh, again, I mean, it's pretty simplistic, but again, when I got saved, I didn't know what God's, the hope of God's calling was in my life. I didn't know the plan that God had for my life. I didn't know any of that until I started reading the word of God. And all of a sudden it said, I came so that you can have life and life more abundant. You know, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then he talks about peace, and he talks about all of these different qualities and virtues that that all of humanity are after. And it's all in him. And thank God you and I have come to walk into the light of life because of our being born of the Spirit of God. So throughout the New Testament, all the writers are emphasizing this fact, you have it. And the reason that that's important is because so much of the time, believers let the enemy 
defeat them in their minds about what they don't have, can't do, aren't qualified, all of these different kinds of things. Are you listening to me? I mean, you need to be able to have, you, you can have confidence that there is an illumination on the inside of you that will guide you, lead you, direct you, and show you the way that you need to go. Now, there may be some things that we have to do differently in order to get that, but the fact of the matter is, is it's there. So again, instead of letting the enemy lie to us, uh, you know, that you're not ready, uh, you don't know enough, you know, you, you, uh, you don't have it, you don't qualify, let's realize that we already have the wisdom and the power that we need. He's trying to, you know, I mean, trying to get you off of it, you know, by telling you these things, you know, well, you know, you're not this, you're not that, you know, I wish I, you know, you don't know enough, I wish I knew what they knew, what all of that. Dude, you got the greater one on the inside of you, and you know all things, hallelujah, so you can rejoice in that. Now, in 2 Peter chapter 1 and 2, when Peter was writing this second letter, he said, grace and peace, in verse 2, be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, that's really key. You want grace and you want peace to be in your life. It comes through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? So it's important for us, praise God, to get ourselves filled up with the Word of God, the Word of truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He then goes on then saying, seeing that, or according as, his divine power has given unto us, King James says, all things, New International says, everything we need, hallelujah, to pertain, that pertains to life and godliness, again, through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue. So again, I want to emphasize, see, we're reading all these scriptures saying, you have it, you've got it, you this, you you know, and then we read in this scripture here, he's giving you everything you need. You know, it's it's there. And, and you just got to say, dude, it's mine. You know, I have it now. It belongs to me, child of God. Are you listening to me? Instead of, again, believing things that aren't true that the enemy tries to keep us from. Now, here's another verse of scripture, Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3, saying essentially the same thing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Not going to, but he has blessed us, King James says, with all spiritual blessings. Some translation says every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So again, I just want to bring this to your attention. All of these writers, Jesus included, are saying that if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness and you have the light of life. Huh? Now, if you decide you're not going to follow him, you're going to, you know, uh, go stupid, then that's a whole other story. But we're not, we, I don't have any stupid people here tonight. You know, I got sharp folk here. Huh? So we're not doing that. Amen? So <clears throat> I guess I want to say to you that you're not near as ill-equipped as the devil would like for you to think you are. you got a lot going on. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we're just not, we're, just, we're learning not, we're not playing his game, okay? We're not, we're not stepping our foot into his traps. We're not doing things that are displeasing to our father. We're following the master, and we're doing what it is that he said. 
You know, we're putting a watch over our lips. We're not letting corrupt communication come out of our mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying. In other words, there are things like this that he has empowered and enabled you to be able to do. There's qualities that he's placed within you because of his own indwelling presence to be able to overcome, to be able to do these things, to be able to apply the the character and the disciplines that are necessary so that you don't stick your foot in the trap. Are you with me? That's why the Bible says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Hallelujah. And he's made you that. But you've got to start realizing and believing that that is true because it is true. So let's not go through life, get to heaven, go, dear God, what a knothead. Man, I, I missed it. Let's not do that. Let's, 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 let's learn and let's make sure that we got what it is we need. Now turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. Look at this verse with me again. 1 John chapter 4, John's writing here by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, you're of God, little children. Everybody say hallelujah. Yeah, you're of God, little children, and have, what tense is have? It's, It's past tense. And have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. I tell you what, praise God, you ought to make it a habit of yours from time to time and say, oh, Father, I just thank you that I got the greater one on the inside of me. The greater one lives in me. Why, why would we do that? To give ourselves a consciousness of his real indwelling presence, the reality of God in us and what, uh, through what it is that, that Jesus did for us. So, so again, he says, because greater is he that is where? Where is he? He's in you. So, so, so where's he going to speak from? In there. Huh? And that's probably the, that's probably the hiccup, if you want to call it that, for most people, because it, it, it's indistinct to, to most people. But here's what I want you to know. If I'm anxious, if I'm careful, if I'm worried, if I'm full of fear, I couldn't hear the Holy Ghost. Well, you could. If he wanted to uh, make things clear to you, he could. But primarily the way that he speaks to us is through and by the inward witness of his presence in our life. To say yes or no or, or to guide us. I, I gave some examples last Wednesday night, and I'll share a few more of those as we go along. But my point is that if he's in us, and that's where he's going to speak from, then that's where we need to look for the guidance that we're looking for. I'm not talking about hearing voices. I'm not talking about being weird, okay? I'm talking about a conscious understanding. I I mentioned to you uh, last Wednesday night, conscience is the voice of your spirit. If you're born of the Spirit of God, your conscience will guide you. Now, the Bible talks about people having their conscience seared with a hot iron, you know, and, I mean, they couldn't, you know, figure it out if they tried because they have abandoned or they have stopped listening, you know. I mean, God's trying to help people. How many of you know that? But if you don't obey him, you know, in other words, you know, if it, I'm trying to think of an example that's applicable, but um, let's just... 
talk about anger or something like that. I don't know if you have anger or not. I'm just using it as an example. But you know, when God starts dealing with you about, hey, you know, the Scriptures tell us to put it away. Isn't that right? In Ephesians chapter 4, talks about lying and anger and all these different kinds of things. Dude, if you don't do something about it, you, it's, it's not the responsibility of anybody else, it's yours. And you have to, I, I was thinking about Cain and Abel, you know, uh, when those sacrifices they brought, you remember when Abel brought a, a, a more, um, a better sacrifice and Cain, you know, all he did is give God a bunch of turnips or whatever it was. God came and talked to him and he told him, he said, why are you so upset? He was, he was ticked off, you know, because his, his uh, offering was not accepted. He knew the, the, the ground rules. He knew exactly what it is that was required of him. He just didn't want to do it. And, and so, you know, it's, it, people all the time, well, don't tell me what to do. Well, I'm not telling you anything, but if you want God's best, you better obey. So, so, so God comes to him. Think about the graciousness of God. He comes to him and he says, why, why are you acting like this? He said, you know, sin is lying at the door of your life. And you know what's right and what's wrong, so do it. That's, that's a paraphrased version of that whole deal. I need to probably get that a little clearer. Excuse me. I should, I'm going places where I didn't plan on going. Um, let's see. It's, it's significant. Here it is. The Lord said to Cain, this is in chapter 4 of Genesis, verse 6. The Lord said to Cain, why are you mad? Why are you wroth? Why are you ticked? You know, he said, why has your countenance fall? He said, if you do well, if you do what I ask you to do, he said, then, then will you not be accepted? But if you do not well, listen, sin lies at the door, and unto thee shall, um, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt, but you need to rule over it. Another translation says this, sin is crouching at the door, its desire is for you or against you, but you must rule over it, okay? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right, Jeff. I mean, you know, and, and um, so, so my point to that is, is saying this, that if you don't, then you become increasingly calloused, and all of a sudden, this anger thing is just, it's all over the place. It's just, it's taking you wherever it wants to go. Are you with me? You know, uh, it's interesting because I, I can't prove this because the Scriptures don't really say it, but I think I'm on pretty solid ground that, that Peter had a pride issue on a, on a uh, grand scale. I mean, anything you read, if you read between the lines, you find out this guy thinks he was God's gift to mankind. So the Bible tells us that there was a strife among them, which one was going to be the greatest. And I have every sense Peter started it, okay? And the reason I do is because Jesus took that moment and made it teachable and talked about being a servant unto all. And right after that, he turned to Peter and he said, 
Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. In other words, he wants to run you through the ringer. But I prayed for you and so on and so forth, you know. And, and there were a lot of things that went through Peter's life. I mean, uh, when Jesus died, the disillusion, the denial, all of the different things that, you know, happened. And he was a broken man, uh, very much so. And, um, but thank God Jesus put him back together. Aren't you glad for that? And so I'm just saying that, you know, it's, it's, um, it's important that we keep our hearts tender, to be tender-hearted toward God. Are you with me? You know, I use the example of a farmer's hand. I don't know, I grabbed a hold of somebody, I think it was Jim Laporte, you know, he's in a well, he builds well drilling equipment. And I grab this guy's hand, shake his hand, man, it's like it's, it's been in a, uh, a roll of sandpaper, you know. Why? Well, because he's had callus have been built up on his hands, you know, because of the, the harsh environment that they're in. Well, God wants our heart to remain tender hearted. You get that, okay? You understand that? And, and we can sure do that, glory to God. We don't have to let that stuff dominate us. Hallelujah. And you might have a real battle, you know? I mean, not everybody has to deal. Maybe anger isn't a big deal. Maybe your temperament is such that that's not really what, you know, makes you tick. Maybe your deal is fear or anxiety or worry or something. I mean, we all have our battles. But whatever they are, thank God he's made us more than conquerors. Amen? So that's what's important when we start talking about these different things. So... So as believers, we need to have confidence in the one who has come to indwell us. And when trouble comes our way, we need to look to the greater one for guidance instead of allowing fear to dominate us. Now, I use the example of Jehoshaphat in uh, 2 Chronicles 20.20. You remember when the, his enemy, the kings uh, that were enemies to uh, Judah... Uh, they made an alliance with one another, and they decided they were going to come against him. And when he found out about it, he, he, he called a fast. He said, hit your knees, because we have no power or might to be able to overcome it. Sometimes, you know, things like that can go on in our lives, but we don't have to be dismayed. Are you listening to me? Thank God we can look to the one who is in us, the greater one, praise God, and he can give us the guidance. And he's not the only one that did that. I mean, there were many people, you know, they just, you stop everything because this is, this is what's important right here, right now. Are you with me? And you deal with it. Daniel was the same way. When they got, when they took him down as slaves into Babylon, you know, um, they, they, the king said, they're going to eat my food. Daniel said, that stuff's been offered to idols. I ain't eating that. And so there was this whole deal, you know, that went on. And, um, and, and so what the point is, is that, that he said, listen, just give us 10 days. If, if our countenance and stuff is a problem, then you can do something else. Well, then, you know, he, uh, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream, and he said, if somebody doesn't tell me what the dream was and interpret the dream, you know, all the astrologers and all these goofed-up people that were, uh, you know, within his confidence, it's like, no, don't say that. No, uh-uh, do not say that. Anyway... He had all these, you know, uh, people around him that were full of the devil. They said, no problem, king. Just tell us what the dream was, and we will tell you the interpretation. Well, you know, man, dude, you can be any place like that and be half right. You know what I'm saying? He says, no, you tell me what the dream is, and then you tell me what the interpretation Otherwise, you are all going to have your head on a platter. 
So nobody could come up with it. He said, nobody can do that, you know, king. He said, well, then adios, amigo. And he started to, you know, take the lives of all of these quote-unquote wise people, and Daniel is one of them. And so Daniel, you know, through channels and different things, talked to some of the officials that surround the king and says, why is he all knotted up, man, you know? And, and well, this is what, give me, give me an opportunity and I'll find out. What did he do? He went to his God. Now, he's not, he, I'm not, you know, he didn't have the ability because he didn't have God's indwelling presence the way we do, but he went to the Lord and the Lord showed him what the dream was and he showed him what the interpretation was. And what ended up happening is, is in this formidable threat that could have cost him his life, aren't you glad, praise God, that he didn't let the wheels fall off the bus and he just turned to the Lord and said, Father, I just want to thank you for helping me? Amen. And he got the answer. And there's multiple times where these things took place uh, in individuals' life. And so the point is, hallelujah, you are never without help. No matter how ugly and how dark and how messed up it might seem, there is an answer and an inspiration of the Holy One that can help you. Can you say amen? Praise God. Now let's go back to uh, John's Gospel, chapter 14. John chapter 14, hallelujah. John chapter 14, uh, let's go back to some things here that Jesus said, and we'll try to drill down on these a little bit again. And in uh, chapter 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, do the word, walk in love. You know, one commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. That's all we got to (laughs) do. Amen. And we have the capacity to do that. Why? Because, again, he's in us. You know, we couldn't love like Jesus loved if it weren't for the fact that he's in us to do it. So he said, if, you know, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray or ask the Father, and he'll give you another comforter, one of the same sort, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world can't receive or accept because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him because he dwells in you, thank God, or he dwells with you and shall be in you. And of course, he's talking to the disciples before he went to the cross. Notice verse 26. He goes on then to talk about the Comforter. He said, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you, teach you all things and Bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now listen, let not, don't allow your heart to be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Thank God. Can you say amen? So for all the things we see going on in the world here is Jesus' instruction. And, and listen, no one had been assaulted and assailed in such a demonic kind of way more so than he was. And yet in all of it, he overcome. So he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. So I'm, I'm just saying to you, he, he knows. He's easily touched with the feeling of your infirmity, the difficulty, the challenge, the whatever. And he's, and he's here to help. He wants to help you. 
to overcome, to get over whatever it is that's going on in your life. You've got to believe that. I mean, sometimes we, get our, we, drill, we corkscrew ourselves in the ground so deep that, you know, you can't see any. I'm telling you that he wants to help you if you will help, for lack of a better way of saying it, yourself. And, and, and it's important. And you can do that, praise God, and I know that you want to. So again, he will guide you into all, what do he say? Truth, right? Well, his word is truth, right? So he's going to guide you. In, you know, it'd be like, well, what does the word say? What does the word say? What does the word say? How do I treat this situation? What does the word say? You know, and a lot of times you, you'll ask, you know, you'll ask people a question. They go, well, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk, I want to talk, I want you to talk about my deal. I want you to solve it. I'm trying to. What does the word say? You know, well, that's not the way I feel. Well, I don't care about the way you feel. You know, you you guys, man, one of the biggest enemies we have on this planet is our flesh. Huh? And I mean, praise God, you know, you just got to grab it by the horns and say, no, we ain't doing that. So he'll guide you into all truth. He will teach you and bring all things to your remembrance. But notice he said, whatever I have said to you. So a lot of times, you know, when we're looking for answers, this is it, you know? And I mean, it it's, uh, seems pretty simplistic, but sometimes it seems that it's kind of difficult for us to get our head wrapped around it. So whatever he says. So the Word, the Bible, becomes our primary uh, point of guidance, you know? If he said, you know, you know, put on the armor of light, put on the whole armor of God, if he tells us, you know, whatever it is, then we need to say, okay, well, now what is that? Well, I have, need to have my loins girt about with truth, and I need the breastplate of righteousness, the right standing that I have in Christ Jesus. A lot of people don't even, you know, they're unaware of that. They're, they're living in guilt and condemnation. Well, the Bible says there, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. The devil beats the living daylights out of uh, the children of God with condemnation. Now, if you're in sin, then you've got to do something about that. You've got to repent. And that means you've got to turn and go the other direction. That's what repenting is, you know. And, 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 and these are truths that can be very freeing to where you can just say, hey, hallelujah, you know, and realize that you don't have to be bound. Does this help any of you? Hallelujah. So <clears throat> I use this example back in... Uh, Joe and I went to Tulsa, and we went to uh, the uh, uh, to Rama. And uh, when we came back, uh, I graduated in May of '78, and we came back uh, as soon as um, we got the certificate. We were on our way because she was eight months pregnant with Brian, and uh, we needed to get home. He was born on the 29th day of June, so probably in less than 30 days. Uh, he, he uh, came bounding into the world. Hallelujah. And um, so when we come back from school, you know, now in June of 77, June the 11th in 1977, is when I uh, answered the call to ministry uh, for my life. I didn't know what that looked like, you guys. I didn't have a clue. I just said yes. I maybe would have reconsidered that. No, I wouldn't either. You know, but I said, yes, yeah. so, so that's in June of uh, 77. Now here we are in June of 78. I went through a 
school for a year, and we're back home. And uh, I know that there's a call in my life, but I don't have a clue what I'm supposed to do, okay? But I do know that I now have a newborn child and a wife to take care of. So I went to work, you know. I, nobody, nobody said, hey, we've got this great church down here with 5,000 people in it, and we want you to come and pastor it. There was no Word of Faith churches anywhere in this part of the world. I mean, none. And so there was no door that got opened up or, you know, per se or anything like that. So, so what are we going to do? Well, we got to eat, and, you know, i got to take care of things that are uh, domestic responsibility. So I got a job. I worked from 6 till 2.30. Uh, for my brother-in-law, and then when I got off of work, I went and started painting houses because I could make, you know, you can, you can make more money if you're working for yourself. How many of you know that? You know, I mean, at least you have some latitude to be able to, well, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, it's so, it was so helpful because we had, we had gotten so lean and so behind in that uh, year period when we went to school because... We're going to school all the time. I made 406 bucks a month. You know, of course, now that, you know, I mean, even back then, it was, it was nothing. Thank God for Amway. Or not Amway, what was it? Avon. Because I'm telling you what, you know, down in Tulsa, when it snows, they lock up. I mean, if it's this much, they're done for days. Well, this is perfect because Joan, you know, she's in... Iowegian, man, praise God, she'd get in her car and she'd go, oh, honey, my God, what are you doing out in all this? Well, they're, they're stranded and they don't have anything to do, so they want to buy stuff. It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, it was a real blessing. But like I said, you know, when we came back, it was really lean. So I took, you know, started doing a couple different things there. And uh, I was painting on this one house. Uh, it was uh, uh, Josh Gudos parents. They just built a new home and I was staining it for him. I was up on the back side of that house, and the, and the Spirit of God started dealing with me. And uh, I was up on this ladder, and he just said, I didn't call you to paint houses. I called you to preach my word. Well, I, you know, and I knew that. You know, I mean, it wasn't like I was being disobedient or anything like that. I was just doing what I knew to do. I got down off the ladder, went to the front, you know, there where the car was, and, and um, I just, you know, like I said, it, it became an altar for me. And I just consecrated and committed my... I, again, I don't have a clue, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, Lord, I'm in. And sometimes, you know, when we have our lives, you know, and we're out there and we're not real sure about this, that, or the other, you just got to get to the place where you can honestly in your heart say, whatever you want me to do. Are you with me? Okay? And that's the deal. And so afterwards, well, they actually came home and they were wondering if I was okay because I'm... <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like... Uh, we're having a moment here, you know. And I said, no, no, I'm fine. You know, I just, uh, God's just dealing with my heart, you know. And they respected that, and that was fine. So I'm, I'm using this as an example, you know, to try to help us understand. So, so what's happened here is, is that I have positioned my heart uh, in a place to do whatever it is he wants me to do. I still don't know what that is. Now, back then, it was during the charismatic revival, you know, and people are getting saved, filled with the Holy Ghost everywhere, and most of the mainline denominational churches were not having it because 
you know, they thought speaking with tongues is of the devil. And, and I got to tell you, a lot of stuff we did was stupid. I mean, it was just like major foolish. But we sure love Jesus, <laughs> you know, amen. I mean, it was a mistake of the head, not the heart, but that's beside the point. And um, so people were wanting more. They were just wanting more of God. They wanted uh, spirit-filled um, ministry and life and word and all of those different kinds of things. And so here I am. I'm 22, I think, now. And they come to me because I've had a year of Bible school and I'm supposed to know something. Dude, I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. You know, and I said, I don't know what to do except for us that we pray. So in other words, it's, it, it, it's taking on, unconsciously, it's taking on the same pattern that Jehoshaphat, Daniel, and all the rest of them. In other words, if, you gotta, if you're in trouble, look to the Lord. Start you, look to the Lord. Don't ask somebody, you look to the Lord. Okay, well, if I can get them to pray, you know, that I mean, no, you look to the Lord. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that's really going to matter is what you know that he said to you, not necessarily what he said through someone else, because if someone says anything to you, it should only confirm what's already in your heart. Now, we got a bunch of prophecy things going on these days. It's, it's a bunch of goofed up junk. So be careful. That's all I got to say about that. Okay? And... Uh, so I said, let's pray. So once a week, we would meet. We would come and we'd just pray together. There's no agenda. There's no pretense. We're just praying. That's all we're doing. We did that for six weeks. So on a Monday night, I was at home one evening. Joan was gone away doing something, and I uh, um, um, was praying, and I heard the Lord speak to my heart, and he says, I want you to start a church. Now, you have to understand this is not, I mean not, in any agenda of mine whatsoever. Why? Because, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. But here he is, he comes and visits me and says, I want you to do this. I said, I don't want to do this. I said, number one, I said, it's already 8 o'clock. But I said, number one, um, the, you know, the biggest problem with it all was that it was not going to be socially acceptable to the people of our community. And that was my biggest hurdle. I said, you know, they're, they're, they're going to crucify me, you know, and they kind of tried. Yeah, but anyway, uh, but, you know, at the end of the conversation, it was, all right, Lord, I'll do it, but you need to talk to her. You know, because we're in this deal together, and she's going to, you know, it, it's probably going to be harder on her than it is me. And it was, because her family was pillars in a church, and now all of a sudden we're going to, you know, hit the road. And, and it wasn't cool at all. But when I talked to her, she said, it's God, but we want to go talk to my folks first before we let anybody else know. So that's what we did. And, um, and then, you know, that would have been in November, mid-November, I'd say, you know, we went through the holidays, and January the 7th of 1979, which is coming up here in about, what, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 days or whatever, the church will be 44 years old, okay? A long time ago. But anyway, um, 
the reason I share that with you is that's the way we were led. But I also I want you to know that there, was a, there were seasons when we didn't know what to do. So you got to go as much by what he doesn't say as what he does say. You know, and, and another thing, when I had that, you know, uh, come to Jesus meeting out there in the driveway of that couple's house, I just didn't abandon what I, what I was doing. I kept doing what I knew to do. Are you with me? And then little by little, he led us and things like that, you know, and, and, um, and then there's a whole bunch more uh, to that story that uh, is, is good. So um, um, let me just close with this verse of Scripture. Turn to Colossians chapter 3, and uh, we'll just close here tonight because I think this will be uh, helpful. If you get the chance, go home and read the story of Balaam. So I don't. Why? Because Balaam was a knothead, and you don't want to be like him. Okay? Because he was, you know, and really, well, there's a whole story there. I mean, a lot of it had to do with money and pay, getting paid off, and he's trying to curse Israel. <laughs> you remember when the donkey started talking to him and said, Man, dude, why are you beating up on me? You're the one that's a clown here. You know? And, and the reason I share that with you is, is you know, some people, they're, they're hard-headed, and they don't want to listen. And I'm not talking about you, so just keep looking straight ahead. But I'm just saying that the problem is not with anybody else but you, okay? And, and so, you know, before it was over with, um, he finally understood. So here's this scripture, Colossians 3 and 15. This will be a good... Uh, uh, a good uh, um, thing for you here. Hallelujah. I find myself. Notice what he said. And let the what? The what? Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In other words, let it serve as an umpire. In other words, let peace call the shot. If you don't have peace, don't do it. Okay? Now, now, maybe the reason that you don't have peace is because fear is driving that. I, I don't know about that, but you, you understand where I'm coming from? You know, when you know, no, this isn't, this isn't, this doesn't have anything to do with fear whatsoever. I just don't have peace. Then you don't do it. But then, if, if you're motoring down the road and you do have peace, then you say, okay, that's good. Let's do that. Amen? So I'm just saying, you know, the, to let it, be uh, the thing that guides you. Peace. Didn't Jesus say, peace I leave with you, my peace give I to you? So if you don't have peace, you don't move, you know? And you may have pressure applied and so on and so forth, but again, he says, let it rule in your heart to which you have been called in one body and be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, let's just commit this to our hearts here tonight, and, uh, and then we'll uh, go on. Father, thank you for the time we've had this evening to just study the Word of God. Thank you for what it is that you've said. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done, and we thank you for what we have. And so I just thank you, Father God, for the peace of God, not only that, but the very presence of God, your presence in our hearts to direct us, to lead us in relationships in financial affairs, 
in where it is that we're going, what it is that we're doing, vocation, all of the matters, Father, that are important to us. We, we thank you tonight, Father, for leading us in the way uh, that you should go or that we should go. And we just thank you, Father God, for the Spirit of God living big in us in these last days, Father God. And we thank you, Lord God, for, for <laughs> showing us what we need to know in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen, right? Amen. Now, he may tell you to do something you don't want to do, and you're going to say, okay, right? Um, quick story, when we were at school, um, we were starving to death. Uh, I made $12.50 the first month that we were there. Joan took a job working for a guy who ended up in prison because he built a bunch of people in the church, sat on the front row, living large, acting like he was whatever, and uh, stole all kinds of money from people in the church and went to the big house. That's who she was working for. So guess what? Things aren't going so good that, you know, first little bit. But anyway, um, one of the things that, that the Lord spoke to, you know, you'll get to praying if you get hungry. And the Lord told me, and I worked in the siding business, uh, like Tim Hoskins does. He said, you sell the siding. Because the guy that was supposed to be the salesman in front of me was, well, he was very, very old. He was in his 80s, and um, he wasn't getting it done, okay? There was no production, whatever. So a little simple thing. Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? He said, you sell the siding. That seems simple enough, right? But see, if you've never done it before, the first thing you'll say is, I can't do that. Why? Because that's exactly why I, I can't do that. You know, that's, that's, that's not whatever I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. Listen, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So if he tells you to do something, you say, yes, Lord, I didn't do that. I went work for a lumber yard making almost nothing. And then a couple years later, when I was down at school, I talked to a guy who got saved, used to be in, down in Florida in a mafia, and got saved, turned on to the Word. And when he was there, I said, what would you do for a living? He said, I sold siding. I said, really? I used to be in the siding business. He said, oh, yeah. He says, God really blessed us. He said, we made four or $5,000 a month when we were down there. I never heard another thing he said. Because right in that moment, God... Right there, sitting in that convention center, God said to me, See, son, I would have done the same thing for you. But I said, I can't. So, if he tells you to do something, you say, Baby, I'm in. I don't have a clue. I don't know how, but you're going to help me. Are you with me? And he'll bless you. All right, let's receive an offering tonight.